This week on Dr. Drew After Dark. Does the CP get in, involved in any way with your, your sexuality? They call me the human vibrator, baby. <laughs> you got the shakes because you're in chronic withdrawal. I got the shakes already, so I'm... Just, oh, you got the shakes. You're halfway there. Avoid licking buttholes of strippers. Of strangers. In strangers general. general. Oh, in yeah. general. That's yeah. a great... Like, yeah. Don't uh, stigmatize limited, strippers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just strangers so in right. general. I'm sorry, strippers. Welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey everyone, welcome to Dr. After Dark. Appreciate you being here. 818-253-1693 is that voicemail phone number. And today my guest is Josh Blue. Josh, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, uh, man. Josh is uh, making the rounds. Uh, he's a comedian that ha- happens to have CP. Uh, he, I think, last cam- comic standing is where you really sort of established yourself. Yeah, you, won, you that won that in yeah. 2006. So yeah. it's been a while. That really uh, launched me onto the scene and... Been going ever since. At, at that point, were you doing sort of some comedy or open mic stuff? Yeah, or? I was pretty big in the college circuit. Oh, um, no kidding. Yeah, like the year before I won, I had like 40 gigs, college gigs. That's great. And then I was doing clubs and mm-hmm. featuring all around. So a lot of comedians sort of gave up on the college scene because of all the sort of the censorship and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and um, that's where you flourished. What, what did you find? Why, why do you well, think? Well, I've always had the gift of walking the line. Yeah. Where uh, you think I'm going to say something horrible, but I don't. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking it. I want to, <laughs> but I'm not going to. And then uh, the truth is I don't give a shit. Like, uh, I'm going to make you laugh. Yeah. How did this happen to you? I don't mean mean the CP, I mean the the comedy. I was like, well, you're a doctor. You should probably know something about how it happened to me. A little bit. How did what happen? Comedy. Okay, comedy. Uh, I started in college, actually. Uh, I went to the Evergreen State College in Olympia, Washington. I had read that, and I thought, isn't that that, that where the Weinsteins got attacked by the students? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, were you it's there wild. then? No, that wasn't me. Was that a, I was, swear. But, but I mean, were you there before or after that all happened? Uh, uh, before. Before, okay. Yeah. Did, did that surprise you when that happened? Um, no. Really? I mean, it's a cool college. Yeah, but that was crazy. There was a mob and the police essentially told these two professors, I'm sorry, we can't keep you safe. They're going to kill you. <laughs> well, do what you have to do. <laughs> it's like, what? I actually just did the keynote speech this year for their commencement. Fantastic. So, Congratulations. Nice. Yeah. Was what was a, the topic? Um, <laughs> uh, they tried to bury us, but they didn't know we were seeds. And that is the most evergreen shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Very hippie. It's, Did you, and you grew up in Minnesota, right? Yeah. Is, is that was your were your parents hippies? Uh, no. I mean, I guess kind of, but my parents are uh, world travelers. I was actually born in Cameroon. Oh wow, West Africa. My dad was teaching English over there. Oh, how interesting. So, um, yeah, I've been. It's a little hippie esque. Yeah, going for around sure. the world teaching. For sure. Yeah, back in the seventies. You know, oh, that's so, hippie then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So they definitely had a a touch of that, but. We never went camping or nothing. <laughs> right, right. Where, where else did they, as a kid, you must have thought they were dragging you a little bit, but where else did they take you? Uh, I lived in Senegal uh, for wow. a whole year when I was 15, which was a, like a life-altering. Why? Uh, it just changed my perspective of the world. And, mm. and like having a disability, uh, I was really down on myself. Uh, you know, Teenager, to, yeah. Yeah, you know, you don't know where you fit in the world. And yeah. then, I got to go and live in Senegal for a whole year and it just kind of put everything in perspective for me. And like, I realized even though my body moved like this, I was very lucky to be alive and have the things that I had. And it just, and I just took off from there. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. And uh, I, I speak French and I also speak Wobaf, which is a native language of Senegal. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Cameroon is French speaking. It's yeah. French speaking they, as well. They, they have... Uh, and très belle langue, en fait. Oui, oui, c'est vrai. Oui. Uh, c'est comme en France, comme en Paris. Uh, c'est pas le même, mais presque. Presque. Le, uh, le, l'accent, c'est presque le même. Uh, 
Uh, and then, uh, you know, my father speaks 13 languages. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. So, um, I've, I've always been so jealous of people that do that. Yeah, I have just grew up being around languages. And, and now you've not mentioned your mom yet. Was she a teacher uh, also? or She's a librarian. Uh, she speaks English. <laughs> um, do you have, have brothers and sisters? I do. I'm the youngest of four. Yeah. Um, and they all speak at least three languages as well. And Interesting. They're not all the same between the siblings. And, and, and were they also, they were going around the world with everybody, right? Yeah, and yeah. doing their own things as well. Um, but being the youngest, I kind of got to experience the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and and you're, you, you loosely described yourself as hippie. Are the other two hippie-ish? The other two kids? Uh, no. Um, they're um, Super straight. Yeah, I mean, they're all language teachers. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, so my brother uh, teaches English in Vietnam. Uh. My sister teaches French in Minnesota. And then huh. my other sister teaches Spanish. Oh, that's so interesting. And my right? father was a French and Italian professor. Oh, interesting. And then I do comedy. Hey! <laughs> but, so, but still, what, what led you to get up on the stage that first open mic? You know, I've always just been told that I have this quick wit and I mean I just know I do I, I've always just had the, the were, were you and, the kind of kid that would make a classroom laugh kind of thing yeah you, that was my first audience for sure I remember uh, just being able to snipe little things at the teacher and it's hard to get in trouble when the teacher's laughing too you know? right and and did the, they, do you think they gave you a little pass with that because of the CP they well thought, oh, yeah I was uh, the only palsy kid in the class yeah. so I was uh, one of the first disabled kids to go through the Minnesota public school system really uh, as like a you know why would they put cerebral palsy in any kind of special just yeah. to be let's um, let me explain what this is cerebral palsy is a technically congenital you know it's at birth it's noticed uh, and it is a movement disorder. It's a motor disorder. It is not a cognitive disorder. And people superimpose expectations of cognitive right. dysfunction because there's some speech and motor stuff with it. Right. But I know I know a ton of CP friends that are bright as hell. Most palsy people are smarter than most people in the room. That's right? that, I wondered uh, that. I wondered. Very observant. Very, and it's just because our brain was damaged somewhere, but we find a another path to get to the same sort of conclusion. To compensate, yeah, to so, compensate. Yeah, and I mean, I, I just, very um, in tune, I mm. have to say. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's so many varying levels of palsy. You right, know? yours is pretty mild. Yeah, mine is mild. There's people yeah. that, you know, yeah. I mean, they can be bad. I mean, yeah. it can be really so, very, and, like a lot of spasticity and stuff. And again, that goes back to the Senegal thing and, and seeing, oh, I have the right amount of palsy <laughs> to survive. <laughs> but, you know, most comedians remember sort of the moment they got hooked on comedy. Did you have one of those sort of moments where you thought, oh, this is it? Yeah, I mean, what there's... What were you doing? I was actually in high school, and uh, the teacher, I forget what class it was, but I think looking back now, the teacher was probably hungover. <laughs> and he, he was like, I'm going to play this video. And he played... Uh, Bill Cosby himself, and I know that that he's not the great person anymore. But in that moment, watching that guy on stage, I just remember going like, "I could do that." Uh -huh. And I don't think very many people see a polished comedian and go, "I could do that." Yeah. But I just really felt like I could. I, I've heard that before from some performers. Things like that, where they go, oh, "That's that's me." I yeah. And, but it's a, but if you have cerebral palsy, it's got to be an interesting sort of a stretch. Well, the thing is, I also at a young age realized that people were going to stare at me mm. just because that's human nature. You see someone moving differently. You see, you know, you see someone seven foot tall, you're going to look at them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just how it goes. What I realized is like, uh, if you're going to stare at me, I'm going to give you something to stare at. Mm -hmm. So... Then, Lean into it. Uh, yeah, and then I just kind of went with it and went over the top and just got comfortable uh, being disabled. And, like, if you have a problem with my disability, that's on you. And, and I'm not afraid to verbally smash you. <laughs> <laughs> so so looking at Cosby and uh, thinking this is this is my calling, Norm MacDonald has a very, had a very funny uh, 
joke about comedy. He, he opened, I saw him open one time with this thing about Bill Cosby. He was like, God, I love Bill Cosby. I love everything about the man. I fashion my life, everything I do after him. He's just the greatest thing. I admire him. I, you know, fashion I'd look, everything I'm doing. It's Bill. I loved everything about him except his comedy. Anyway, and so, <laughs> so, and so I thought it's so funny. I miss Norm, man. Oh he yeah. The best. Oh yeah. So, do you know what we do here? We kind of talk about things and we answer calls and we yeah. take emails and things. Yeah. And here's something about Dexter Mathor fan. Uh, he got super into it, taking Corsidin, blah blah blah. Take two boxes and hallucinate for eight to ten hours. Do it two to three times a week for two months. Anytime I have DXM since then, I throw up within an hour. That's interesting. Yeah, also, even seeing a box of it triggers a strange response. Pins and needles. Um, even while typing this, those symptoms, though I haven't tried it in five months. What's going on? Um, wow. Uh, Dextromethorphan is cough. You know, it's essentially a sort of a cough syrup, essentially. Okay. And uh, it will cause sort of dissociative hallucinations and has various different levels to it. It uh, has opioid effects too, and at least kappa opioid effects in very high doses. And people used to do this stuff. That's why they don't let you buy lots of it at the pharmacies right. anymore. And it, it, there's a lot of autonomic, your body reacts to these big doses of this drug, and it leaves behind sort of an autonomic response. So the sort of Pavlovian response when your body sees it your body triggers. Your body has that yeah. response again. Your body's going, hey, man, don't do that anymore. <laughs> That's what it's doing. That's not a smart idea. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, benders and poop problems. Uh, I've been on a bender since about 15. <laughs> I'm now 28. <laughs> Nowadays, I have guttural issues where it feels like I'm going to shit myself. When I do run to the bathroom, I have loose stool and mucus comes out. I'm sure this isn't normal, but I'm also too prideful to say something is wrong. Something, symptoms include lower abdominal discomfort, loose stool, mucus, blah, 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 blah. Um, dude, you've been drinking for 13 years heavily. What do you imagine is going to happen? Again, again, this is, again. Your body's saying, don't do that anymore, thank man. You, thank you, Josh. You're welcome. Uh, but, but there's uh, something we always said about uh, the old aphorism about alcohol. It's the shits, the shakes, and the fits you get from alcohol. So people get diarrhea from alcohol. It, it affects not just, obviously, your liver, and you're going to end up with advanced liver disease, my friend, and your brain. You can easily damage your brain with this much alcohol. But you just you, the, the colon eventually gets inflamed, too, and so you get the shits. You get the shakes because you're in chronic withdrawal, uh, and uh, you get fit. You can have seizures, both alcohol-induced and withdrawal-induced. Yeah, good times, huh? I got the shakes already, so I'm. Just, oh, you got the shakes. You're halfway need, there. Yeah, I just need a did little you, diarrhea, you, and I'm good you, to go, bro. Did you ever have any substance uh, history? Uh, I drink, and uh, I smoke a lot of weed. Smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. Does it help with the movements or spasticity? No, nah, man. I just like getting high. You just like the weed. No, uh, you know the thing I always say about weed is it doesn't necessarily make me feel better. It just makes me forget. There's something wrong. And oh, yeah. I, and I just go for it. You know, I'm just trying to have fun. And so, yeah, I mean, there's some medical uh, stuff, but it can go the opposite way, too. If it's too strong, you get a little jittery, more weed. jittery. Yeah. Yeah. The, the strength of the weed now is it's concerning. It, yeah. I've seen a lot of uh, serious reactions in some people from, uh, I mean, there are plenty of people I know that use a lot of it and they're fine, but there, I've also seen some really significant reactions. Did I describe my reaction, my lightweight reaction to you guys on this show? Uh, yeah, is that yeah. when you smoked and yes. then you had like a panic attack, right? It was not a panic attack. I had what's called an anticholinergic delirium. Mm. I actually had no, I had no anxiety what? at all because I, I, I was very cool about it given how miserable I was. So wait, and what? I had no high. I was just miserable. I, I um, took two hits with some of the cool kids and I developed... I looked like you. That's rough, bro. And I kid you not. I, I, I could not control my body. I was, um, my wife mm. came over to me. She goes, sit down. I go, I, I can't. I, I, don't, I don't know how to sit down anymore. Right. And uh, I went outside and I had photophobia and dry mouth and, and dry skin, all the stuff that happens from anticholinergic reactions. I read about later that people over 65 are getting anticholinergic reactions from weed, that really? ER visits are up, and they're getting seizures too, I oh. thought, which at the time I thought, I feel like I'm going to have a seizure. I need to go to the hospital. I thought that would be great for TMZ. They would love oh, that. They would love that, man. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I had weird time distortions. Uh, my, my, I, w I was out there. I was having very calm conversations with myself, even though I was 
miserable. Just freaking mis- out. And- I was not freaking out. I was not. You would think I would. I was not. Some I, level of you was freaking out. Yeah. Uh, well, the, I was not the, happy. The part of you was talking normal, like, oh, everything's fine. <laughs> but you're, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. this is insane. No, because I because the conversation I had with myself was, oh, holy shit, I'm having an anticholinergic reaction. I know what this is. This is anticholinergic delirium. It lasts about two hours. I just got to sit out here and wait it out. It's so, going to be fine. My girlfriend's not a smoker at all, and we gave her an edible, and it. She had a reaction. I thought I gave her palsy, man. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, I've seen manias, severe manias in some people. And but this one, mine, I was out there. The, the time thing was the most bizarre thing. I, I couldn't talk and I couldn't really converse much. But, but my wife kept, checked on me a couple of times, and I thought, okay, I'm just hanging out here. I'm gonna like, sit here for two hours, then I'm gonna go back to the party. And um, <laughs> and uh, I was out there, what felt like an eternity. And I go, and she comes out, and I go, all right, how long have I been here? I thought she was gonna say an hour and a half. She goes. Like eight minutes, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I got to get out of here." This yeah, guy, yeah. I am I'm yeah, worse than I thought. That's <laughs> and uh, and because it was so miserable, and then she had me wait for her. I couldn't drive for five days. I couldn't really? drive a car. Yeah, I was messed up for a while. Wow, man. Yeah. And so that's it for me and weed. That's it. I'm sorry. Uh, here's Chris, 38 year old male. Notice when I r- rub it out, I lost the sensitivity in the tip around the head of my penis after. What is he saying? People do not know to speak English anymore. Uh, after looking at the b- dark brown bowels of the internet, I came across the article called Manhood. They claim your nerves are damaged over time by clothing and can be healed by wearing penis sleeve. Is this true? Nah, come on. Also, I have an average penis. It's not that big. Would this even stay on when, when I go limp? Uh, no. Love you, booth boys. Um, look, I don't know what you've done exactly, the sensitivity <laughs> on the tip. Again, um, it's your body saying don't do it anymore. Don't do it so hard. Uh, yeah, Here, this like, is a theme for this no, show. It's just called this. Your body says don't do it anymore. Yeah, don't. Uh, the, look, you, you, there's a lot of things that can cause this. You're, if, if you're a bike rider, the pressure on the pudendal nerve from sitting on the bike seat all the time can do this. If you're a diabetic, if your sugars haven't been tightly controlled, if you, I mean, it could be, th- it could be a million different things and nothing. Uh, but it's not that somehow you're, well, you could have desensitized yourself by really vigorous uh, activities. So it's all know. in your head. Nah, maybe. I That's mean, a, the, maybe. actually the tip, but. No, it's actually, the, yeah, right. You're right, your the tip. tip and the head. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering, does weed and alcohol trigger traumatic memories? I've always had a icky feeling about something that happened growing up. I have memory gaps. I have a general ick feeling about my childhood. When I moved out of my parents' house, troubling memories and feelings started to come up about my father, who I've always felt unsafe around. I can barely make sexual I can barely make sexuals anymore with my genes either. Hmm. Can you translate uh, that? Yeah, You're a language yeah, expert. Yeah, yeah. No, this is a new language. <laughs> I think you're saying that I can't have sex. Uh, sex brings on high feelings of anxiety, smoking and drinking don't give me relief, they make it worse. Uh, is this real? I listen. I I am um, I think I've said I'm sure I've said this before I'm not a big fan of the whole repressed memory notion I don't feel that memories need to be re-evoked uh, I don't think that we you can repress memories it does happen but I don't think you have to assume it is all that really matters is the what is your body experiencing now right. do you have uncontrolled anxiety do you have parts of your brain that you can't you can't include, you know, you think it's traumatic and it's walled off somewhere. You need to be able to regulate your emotions holistically and in an integrated fashion now. And so what you would do with this stuff is do something like EMDR or some something, one of those techniques where you, you may or may not bring the memories back, but you'll just get into your body and bring all those feelings back in and regulate them. And then that? you can start looking at them if you want to. If, if you want to or if you right. can, maybe you right. can't. I mean that you know memory is a very messed up thing. Have you ever had any distorted memories? Not really. I mean, I feel pretty lucky in that way. But I mean, I mean, you could probably ask my girlfriend, and she'd tell you, <laughs> like, you forgot everything, you <laughs> fuck. Like, <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I don't feel like I've lost. Well, memory is a friend of mine is an FBI agent, and he he had a specialization in uh, eyewitness, right? In okay. Eyewitness stuff. 
And he used to do these trainings on eyewitness techniques and eyewitness um, uh, sort of interviewing the eyewitnesses. Yeah. And he would open the eyewitness training by having a couple make a commotion on one side of the room and have three guys run in okay. and abduct somebody and take them out. Right. And then he would ask everyone in the room, what happened? And he said, almost no one could accurately describe what actually happened. Really? They couldn't describe the clothing of the people that came in. They couldn't describe the race, the hair color. Mm. They'd leave out parts about the commotion at the beginning or didn't notice the commotion or right. misrepresented the commotion. Everything about memory is a, is a recreation. You know, our memory is not a, a, a movie camera that plays. It's right. our brain recreating things uh, yeah. and trying to make sense of the information that it retained. And we don't retain a lot many times. So it's, you know, the whole the whole reliance on memory. And I saw it. I know it happened. Right. No, it, it's it's biased by all kinds of things. It's distorted and recreated. So be careful with uh, irrational certainty when it comes to memory. I'm not messing with it. Good. All right. Excellent. Uh, guys, do we have any uh, voicemails in there? We do. This is from Joe. Dr. Drew, Booth Boys, my name's Joe. I'm a mommy from Wisconsin, and I have a cum question. I just peed after having sex, and I swear it feels like there's just pee at the tip of my dick for minutes on end. No matter how much I push, no matter how much I just wait, it just always feels like it's there. 10, 20 minutes later, I can finally drain it out. What's that all about? I know the cum stored in the balls, all that good stuff, but like, <laughs> can you shed some light on that? Also, touch my camera through the fence there. All right, love you guys. Bye. That's a reference to an old video. All right. Uh, the... Uh, I like the way people like tormenting me with the testicles store the cum. That's uh, awesome. So, how many, you, you guys, we've heard this question a million times, right? Do you guys have the answers now? Anybody? Sorry, I was just commenting to have ISO you saying tormenting me with their testicles. But, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, do you, you've heard this question a million different ways. I'm wondering if you guys still learn from what I've been telling you. Oh, yeah. It's the semi vessies. No, 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 no. You weren't, you weren't listening to him. He, okay. he said that he, has, he feels like he has to pee after he comes, right? And it, keeps, and it persists for a while. The reason he could pee 10 minutes later is because he's reaccumulated urine in his bladder and he's ready to pee again. Right. Not, there was not really much pee there to begin with. Right. It was just irritation of the urethra. You can have urethritis after sexual encounter. Even the semen itself can irritate the tip of the urethra sometimes. So it's a nothing. It's, a, it's typically a zero. But if it's a new partner and you have persistent symptoms like that, you want to get checked for chlamydia. <laughs> Something else. Something yeah. else. <laughs> just, that's just be careful with that. What kind of stuff are you getting into in your comedy these days? Uh, you know, I just filmed a special in January, so I'm like clean slate. You're starting to, over. Trying to rebuild the, the repertoire. And, yeah. Uh, it's my fifth hour special I just recorded. So when's it coming out? Uh, hopefully soon. It's still being edited, edited. So I'm not sure yet, but uh, I'm excited. You know, five is a pretty. It's amazing. <laughs> good number, and I just feel like um, writing a new special is fun because it's just playtime and mess around and figure it out. Is there a particular thematics you like to get into? Uh, I mean, it's really based on my life mm. a lot of the stuff and you know just day-to-day -day occurrences and mm. stuff like that and everything i pulled from from that so i just gotta wait for uh shit to happen to me right and then they'll tell it on stage yeah so it's your mom's house so i i have to ask the your mom's house type questions does the does the cp get in involved in any way with your your sexuality your sexual ability to function sexually they call me the human vibrator baby <laughs> uh so it does get involved. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I'm sure, uh, you know, I like fucking, you know, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, and if it does, the people I'm with or my girlfriend, you know, that just understand, you know. Is there any accommodating that needs to go on or is it? No. Not really. I like to be uh, pleasured. Oh, how about that? <laughs> That's the accommodation. I'm very special needs in that way. 
<laughs> do you get do you get any special um cooperation because of it yeah you know, you know i mean the so you can you say well, i can't do that i need you to <laughs> yeah i need you to help me no uh she knows uh-huh. <laughs> she still does it it's nice oh that's nice you, she sees through your bullshit but she still does yeah it. and that's that that means even more you know you have two kids now right i do it, their mom is that relationship okay still? uh well you know we're divorced uh it's been you know almost 10 years uh yeah, they live within 20 minutes of my house. I have 50% custody. So you guys are co-parenting. Yeah, yeah. Is that working out okay? Yeah, it's great. Uh, and and we made it work around my tour schedule, so I get them the first half of the week and then nice. fly out on Thursdays usually Perfect. and get them back Sunday night. How old are they? Uh, 15 and 13. Uh-oh, you're really uh, get, get, getting into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the girls, 13, boys, 15, and... Uh, they're really good kids. Like as far as teenagers can go, they're you know, have what's they, expected. Have they heard your comedy? You know what? Um, I brought them for the first time to a, a weekend in Appleton, Wisconsin, and my son watched all the shows. And I I asked him at the end of the week, like, uh, what'd you think? He goes, Oh, you're really funny, but I don't think Seika gets it, which is his sister. Oh. So then I asked her. I said, Hey, uh, what'd you think? She goes. First time was really funny, and the second time was just predictable, and then the third time just boring. <laughs> I was like, I got a fucking stand an ovation, and you're like, that is boring. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. It's, yeah. it's so, but that's so teenage. Yeah, right? it was perfect. You know, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anything else from yeah. this person. It's funny. I, did you guys, have you guys seen in the booth? What happened to uh, Bert's kids when they got exposed to his material? Did you ever see that at the beginning? Uh, no, I don't think so. I know he's been taking them. He's, with he's been him taking on them on the, the road, shows. and yeah. uh, you know, I did his uh, cooking show a couple weeks ago. Oh, you did? Yeah, and uh, he was saying that uh, they they had to pull him aside and go, "Dad, dude, come on, what, this I'm like we're we're actually scared," you know, with the way he would conduct himself on the on the oh, tour. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he's changed now. He's he's uh, he's on testosterone replacement. He's, he's working keto. out. Keto, yeah, he's bro. lost 30 pounds or something. Oh, yeah. Have you seen his fucking shoulders, man? Fucking that's testosterone. <laughs> just that's what I it's what he always says. He's like, bro, check out these fucking shoulders. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he uh good for him. Well, let's see how long that lasts. Uh <laughs> but the, but I'm amazed that he brought them in because the first time I I, I it's kind of stayed with me, it was a couple of years ago when they first I don't know if they saw a special or something. And he said they were really quiet during it. And it was, and they were a, a sort of a lot of the content. They were in, you know, in the, in the material. And uh, which, Isla's the older one? Is that right? I can't remember. Uh, younger. I, okay. The, Georgia, I, one yeah. of them said, I think it was Georgia, said to him, uh, is that what you've been talking about all this time? We thought you were like saying, telling nice stories about us. Are you saying nice things? You've been saying that the <laughs> whole time? Like she was like, what? This is, this is how you've, yeah. you've spoken about me. Like what? It was actually, she like couldn't process it. It sounded like. I talk mad shit about my kids in my show. So uh, I haven't let them watch the specials. So that when they saw me, I didn't do anything about them. Well, this so is what I was like, kind of. Yeah, this would made me think about that. I wondered if you had some of that. How do you manage that? That's a well, it's not an easy it's navigation. Dead. Yeah, you know, you just try to, you know. You walk, want to get them up. as old as possible before you expose right, them right, to it, that's for sure. Right. But I, I wonder, here's what I wonder about. How do you deal with the consent issues? Like, are they, can, can they, do they need to consent to it in some way? And the answer is, how could they? You yeah, know? I sure hope not. Well, but, but does that trouble? I, I was going to ask Bert about this too. Yeah, I mean that is because they could they could build they could feel resentful later and go you knew you didn't ask me if you could talk like that. I was like, right. well, it's but it was my life. You know, I was just talking about my life, and you were a big part of it. I would say if something's funny, it's hard to get mad about it. So like, I have faith in the material that I'm doing that it's funny enough. Where, yes, and. And they're my kids, so they they have my sense of humor. So you know, when they finally see it, they'll be like, 
Okay, I get it. Okay, yeah, so they're yeah, funny too. So yeah, that's they're good. funny. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Are they interested in languages also? Have they got uh, the family trait? Ja- they're half Japanese. They both speak uh, fluent Japanese. Oh my God, that's yeah. wild. That is so wild. Uh, good for you. It just, I, I'm so jealous people that get uh, two maternal languages going. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a game changer. Language is uh, this amazing just to travel the world. I mean, I've been to 44 countries and, uh, you know, if you make the effort to say something in the native tongue, people really respect that and you can get so much further in another country. To your point about others respecting it, I I feel like it's disrespectful not Not to make an attempt to learn the basics wherever you're going. I I tried to learn some Portuguese when I went to Portugal. I I just, I've gotten weirdly preoccupied with language in my old age and it, it started with, me trying to get over long COVID. Oh. Uh, I, I had real bad fogginess and stuff. And I thought, I think if I learn, if I work on language, it would get back. And I learned Greek because we were going to Greece. Oh. Cleared up my long COVID in two weeks. Coincidence? Awesome. I don't know. And then I just kept going. I was like, oh, I got it. Sweet. I, I, language to me was always like, I got to go to French class. Right. I thought, oh, no, 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 no. I got to, thank God I did. And I got to really com- get it maîtrisé, as they say. I got to master this shit. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do another voicemail. All right, next up we got Maya with a question about sleep paralysis. Mm, Yeah. Oh, boy. Hi, Dr. Drew. Uh, This is Maya, 22. Mm -hmm. People always say that sleep paralysis makes you shit. Um, That's not how it is for me. When I have sleep paralysis, which is only from sleeping on couches, I can feel it climbing towards my lungs. Mm. And if I don't breathe through it, I'll start panicking, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, once you feel your lungs falling asleep, you're kind of... Yeah. Kind of flat day, but uh, I was curious about if that's normal or not. Keep my mind tight. Thank you. Thanks, Maya. Uh, ever had a sleep paralysis syndrome? I haven't. Any sleep, uh, hypno- you know, hallucinations or terrors uh, or anything? When I was a kid, I had a few. Some terrors? Yeah. Some yeah. Just- and if you have terrors as a kid, it, it sort of, that's the group that tends to get the paralysis and the hypnagogic uh, sort of yeah. hallucinations when they're waking up. Well, I smoke enough weed where I don't remember any dreams good. or anything. It's so. <laughs> not good. It's <laughs> not good. You need those dreams. It's your brain's healing itself. Uh, the REM sleep, that's the restorative part. Okay, um, a part of the restorative cycle. Uh, so... Uh, no, many people don't see things when they have sleep paralysis. They just, in fact, that's the more kind of the more terrorizing aspect. Mm-hmm. You need to wake up and you're paralyzed and you think you're awake, like you're thinking mm. and you're like, I can't move. What am I going to do? That's when people get very panicky. If you're in a sort of a dream and you're having a hypnagogic hallucination along with the paralysis, there's an alien lying on top of me. A ghost is having sex with me. These are sort of devils in the room. That, that very common kinds of imagery that people get. In, again, the, the aliens are part of the hypnagogic thing. And uh, you focus on that, and you're not worried so much about the paralysis. Right. The paralysis makes sense because something's lying on top right. of you. Uh, but if you're just kind of, kind of thinking you're awake, which you're not, because, again, the paralysis is because you're between sleep and wake, uh, that's when people find it very, very, very uncomfortable. As far as your lungs go, you, you'll keep breathing. It, it feels maybe like you're not, and maybe it's kind of some hypoventilation where you're not comfortable at that level of breathing, but it's not like an ascending neuropathy, like a Guillain-Barre or something where you actually stop breathing. But the panic is uh, not fun, not fun. Did she say it was from sleeping on couches? She said she gets it when she sleeps on couches. Well, maybe don't do that. Maybe not. Maybe that's a good plan. That's. I mean, I'm not a doctor at all, but really? it just seems like logic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Unless she wants these things to come on. Oh, yeah. Well, there is that. You could, could kind of get try to master them. Uh, what is up with uh, videos? What do you got there? Woke up with these weird iodine-colored... Why am I not seeing whatever she's talking about? It's faint. I see it. Yeah, I think it's this kind of like brownish-looking stuff here. Okay. Uh, iodine stains. Okay, and did she have it on the other side? Whoops. Uh, Lovely see. sound. Iodine stains on my face... Uh. She's she's turning her fingers over as oh yeah it yeah, is there so yeah and then her mom said it was carrots is that what it said there in the in the uh, let's keep reading what does it say down there Google told me carrots uh, yes it could be carrots 
Really? Yeah. People, some people get orange discoloration of the primarily the, the palm, but it's the thick. It's the thicker area. See why it's the the stuff over the joints, which is a little thicker skin. That's uh, the keratinized skin is where you tend to see this show up, and so the palms or the, the fingers. And that you know you have to eat a lot of carrots to get that though. A lot, a lot yeah, of carrots. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, that was. Let's yeah. see another one. Told me that my kneecap doesn't align properly. I can move it this much and it doesn't hurt. Um, uh -oh. To me, it doesn't even look weird. It's just normal. Uh oh. Is this normal? Can anyone else do it? Like, do it me if mm. you can, please. Yeah, it doesn't have to be abnormal. Okay, I was about to say because I can definitely do. Yeah, that. that's. I mean, okay. it, there's yeah. different kinds of laxity that people can have, and and you have to be careful with laxity. But it's not, you know, if you're, uh, you know. Somebody who has to hold fourth position in ballet for a long time, laxity is the easy thing, a good thing. Mm -hmm. But if yeah. you're a, a tight end or a, or a uh, running back, laxity can get you hurt. What's yeah, up? I think I, I just, because I was like, you were saying, uh-oh. So I was like, uh-oh. What do you mean, uh-oh? But I really, well, I thought, uh-oh, because you, like, you know why, uh-oh? I thought she was going to take her kneecap <laughs> and flip it around back yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. Cause then we got a problem. Uh, no, um, you've been here too long. Yeah, I've seen, <laughs> well, I've seen some weird shit. Uh, is there more, Chad? I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Do you like this? Are you cool with this, Josh? I mean, it makes my stomach turn a little bit. Okay, but, good, yeah, good. Um, uh, mission accomplished. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, that's the end of that video. Here's one about sweaty hands. Oh, yeah. Yo, my hands just be sweating for no reason. I'm not even hot. Yeah. Just sweating. Like... Yep. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> I do love, have... Um, I love her. Eczema really bad, so... Not the eczema. That's called hyperhidrosis. Uh, it's It can get really crazy bad where you can't even write because the ink starts running on the page. Really? Where you, yeah, people can't write with a pen because it's, it drips onto the page. And people are very disturbed by it and embarrassed about it because if you go to shake someone's hand and they're all sweaty, yeah. it's kind of, oh, what's going on here? And people get weird about that. For sure. And there are treatments for this. There are uh, very powerful prescription strength antiperspirants. Usually don't work. Uh, what people yeah. often go to, and Andy, you're looking thoughtful. Is this something you know about or worried oh, about? Oh, no, no, no. I... No. I, um, I uh, was wondering, I was going to ask a question because she showed the the back of her hand. Yeah, I don't know why. Looks, I think that's just, nothing's going on in the back. No, I, I just, well, it looked kind of interesting. Here, Let's see. On, if we go there back shows the it. eczema on the back. Oh, is that what that is? Because that's where you get the eczemas on the back stuff. Yeah, not that hand, but the other hand. All right. The beginning. Let's see. Yo, my hands just be sweating for no reason. I'm not even hot. Boom. What'd you say? Just. Can you go back to it? Like her joints are off a little bit? I don't that's know. Awesome. It looked like there was like loose skin or something yeah there, the it, she, she does have a little bit of like again yeah what, what was I'm that not, that's normal I'm not even that's normal yeah okay. it's just her huh, all right mm -hmm. uh, but but it's just her it's <laughs> just her man uh <laughs> but they they the because these antiperspirants don't tend to work they, there is a treatment and they go in and they clip the sympathetic ganglion in the in the uh, armpit essentially or sometimes they do it in the neck and it works like crazy. Really? Yeah, it works like crazy. Yeah. People that get that done, if you go online and sort of see these communities of people that have had this done, you will find that um, they often uh, find the sweating shows up elsewhere and they don't like it. They'll yeah, show up yeah. on their butt, it'll show oh, up yeah, on their yeah. face. And so they get upset. Or, yeah. And they feel weirdly disconnected from their body because that is where the sympathetic system and the autonomic system is where some of the feeling states are generated. I would say if uh, it's not like a really dire thing, don't fuck with it, because it's something else is gonna show up. Like you said, now you now you got a sweaty butt, and you're like, oh, this is way better than my hand sweating. You know. To to, to be fair, not everyone gets that. Sometimes they just get the dry hands. But to your point, I'm completely on board. There, what I always say, there's no free lunch in Mother Nature. Right. You fuck with nature, it will fuck with you. I've, I mean, I've had people, you know, doctors suggest like fusing my wrist or doing something oh, yeah, and i'm like yeah. no way we're doing that because then what's the next thing that's yes. going to pop up or the yes. next and it's yes. just my body wants to be like that so yes let's not try to stop it from doing that can you straighten that wrist out or is that just, just spastic uh, I, mean, I can does but, is it hurt ever when it's uh, it down? does hurt i mean it's just tight it's just been like that my whole life do you do any physical therapy or anything i like mean i should but <laughs> I well sometimes it's just as easy as as simple as kind of just what you're doing yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Do that's bit, it that's you know, all you got to do but just, you do that on an airplane and the person next to you kind of freaks out 
Why? Because they think you're nervous and clinging to the, <laughs> clinging to the seat. It's interesting to me how how lateralizing your stuff is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very it's right sided. Very right sided. Yeah. Is is there anything on the left? I can't even detect uh, anything. I mean, uh, I definitely my handwriting is terrible. Fine motor skills. Is, so the 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 uh, alternating movements are off, kind of. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm not the guy to be carrying a pot of hot soup or anything. No. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, do you have any more videos on hand? We do. So okay. speaking of weird hands, I, I miss. Out. I would love to see a couple of talked folk too. I noticed Christina has been putting a bunch of those on her social media, and they were <laughs> like like exceptionally um, talked. Well, I don't know how talked this girl is. Okay. Let's find out. Okay. I, I can't. You guys are going to have to read the, the print is too small at this distance. It says, POV, you have a weird autoimmune disorder where your hands get really swollen when they get cold. That's sort of the, we've had this before, that, that's a relative of Reno's phenomenon. Uh, they, it's, it's sort of a hyper, uh, you know, back to the autonomic system, there's hyper uh, sensitivity of the vascular system and the periphery yeah. of the hand and they can get red and white and blue and it's often when they sort of put their hand in a refrigerator or something it'll all of a sudden turn blue yeah. uh, and it can swell too. There's also, there's, there can be something called uh, reflex sympathetic dystrophy or pseudex, it's associated with something called pseudex atrophy which is again something that happens in the, we think in the uh, the way the autonomic nervous system is processing in the, in the armpit area in the neck and it can cause all kinds of weird autonomic dysfunction out in the hand. And pain is sometimes part of that. Did she say anything about pain in that little post? I don't think no. so, no. All right. Do you have any more voice messages? Oh, yeah. We got a ton of those. Check this out. All right. Oh. This is hey, good. Hey, this is Jason calling from Texas. A uh, quick question. Uh, so my girlfriend, she, uh, she has a little bit of an odor down there. She's pretty hygienic. I always see her shower usually twice a day. Everything's good, but um, I would describe it as like a bo. I'm not sure how to confront her with that or if I even should, but it really prohibits me from going down her. And she mm. always asks, "Why don't you go down on me?" And I don't know how to politely put that out into the air. That's pretty hmm. much it. Thanks. I'll be coming up in May. Interesting bo. That, so that's not a vaginal smell so much. No. That's more of a skin smell. What would you do? Uh, I mean, he says she showers twice a day. I don't know what else you gotta do. Though. Well, she, it's not. Well, that's the point. It's not her. It's not. Her, you know, it's not her fault. Right. It's just her body. What her body does. And uh, what if you bought her some nice perfumes that you liked or something that were really strong? And you don't want to be licking on that though. That's what he said. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. And, you know, men get weird about vaginal odors. That we do. That I, I think I always kind of upsets me. And women are very, they get very hurt by mm -hmm. it. And they somehow men associate anything of a of an odor in that region with sort of dirtiness, and it has nothing to do with it. Nothing really at all. It's just the bacterial flora of the region, and it's you know the that particularly inside the vagina is a very delicate. Uh, it's an ecosystem. ecosystem. It is an ecosystem. Sure. That's correct. It can be thrown off pretty quickly. Yeah, and then some of the bacteria produce scents and whatnot. And some people have their own sort of smell and stuff. Right. I, you know, I I've noticed that you sort of you know you you don't notice the the smell of the people you love. I think right. I think there's something. I don't know if. Well, here's an interesting theory. I don't know that this is, I'm just going to float this. You ready? Is 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 being overly affected by another person's smell a mechanism of saying you don't match? Do you think? Because smells are supposed to give us information. I could see that. I mean, uh, smell is so powerful. Like, yeah, so know? primitive too. Yeah, yeah. So if it, that's really interesting. It is thought. interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean. I don't I don't know of any evidence that that's true, but I you always wonder that you know even like when you take care of you've taken care of little kids when you had your kids yeah eventually that you start love not loving but the the smell of the poop becomes yeah you part know, of the baby yeah, it's like yeah. part of it's not it, yeah. it, can, it can overwhelm you mind you but but it, like the smell of milk that's spilled in their neck like as a yes. odor yeah that, it's not a pleasant smell but you're like oh i love you yes yeah, yeah, yes sure. isn't that interesting yeah, yeah. and now i don't know if that maybe maybe that develops 
in response to you loving them, or maybe that's part of the fittedness of your loving them. Well, I don't know. That's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. All right, more voicemail. See where we go to interesting places with this. How about a lady for this one? Yes, please. Erica. You know how I love that. Hey, Dr. Drew. It's Erica. I'm from Kentucky. Mm. And I had a question. So after I masturbate, Mm. my butthole, like, it clenches and it gets really, like, it hurts. Mm. And it's like, it doesn't go away for, like, an hour or so. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's about. Can you just tell me what that's about? Um. I do. I am in a wheelchair, and I have spastic dysplasia. If you could clear that up, uh, thanks. So spastic dysplasia, yeah. Of what? I usually think that being have. There's more words that usually come after that. Right. Well, um, she's in a chair. Uh, but it, but at least she's she has spasticity in lower extremities. Right. We can we can at least conclude that. And uh, you want to tr- want to ha- handle it because you I deal with spasticity. Yeah, but my butthole doesn't hurt. Uh, <laughs> After ejaculating? No. A lot of guys get that, though. It's very common. Really? It's, it's called a pubococcygeus spasm. Men kind of get it down towards the taint and into the uh, balls yeah. and stuff. This sort of weird, achy, visceral feeling. You ever had that? I have. Yeah. I, I got a vasectomy, so there's a little bit of that after. I Absolutely. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good yeah. version of that. Yeah. But I'm imagining that if you have sort of a generalized spasticity in that area, the, the pubococcygeus goes to the butthole right. and can include that muscle in a weird way. So that makes sense to me. It's all part of the same thing. It's the pelvic floor spasm. So it's clinching up. And it's not, clinching up and not releasing. Uh, exactly. I don't know if you take anything for your spasticity, but if you do, that might work for this too. I don't know if you have any physical therapy for your spasticity, but there are pelvic floor specialists, people that do pelvic pelvic floor uh, physical therapy to help you with that. So uh, really, again, our, our female voice messages are always fascinating. Give me more. <laughs> hey, Dr. Mommy. This is Santana. I am calling from Louisiana, originally from Jamaica. Mm. But Dr. Drew, I have a quick question. Well, I just had my two-year-old son a couple years back. And since I got um, the IUD, the marina, my sex drive is no longer here. What should I do? And how would I go about getting my sex drive back up for me and my husband? All right. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful day. Well, great question. Any Anything, any ideas? I mean, what did she say? She had a, a birth control device in? Is that yes, what an said? IUD. I mean... Is that easily taken out now? Yes. Is that a procedure? Yes. Or, yes. I mean, so. So, that's very good. Probably what you got to do. I, I, like Josh goes uh, more towards letting nature take care of itself. Right. So, Marini is in a, an impregnated um, device. It has a lot of progesterone in it. And these high potency progesterone, even with a local measure like an IUD, can be systemically absorbed. And one of the common side effects is drop, no, no libido. So, there's three things for you. A, you got to get. You can get IUDs that are just copper that aren't impregnated with progesterone. So if you want an IUD, IUD rather, which is the intrauterine device, right. get one put in that doesn't have progesterone. They're better. They're more effective when they have progesterone. Don't do it. Do something else. You are very sensitive to progesterone. By the same token, if you go on the birth control pill, most of the most of those function with high dose progesterones. You would you won't like that either. It'll do the same thing to you. So that sort of copper seven or something like that, one of those sort of non-impregnated IUDs would be a good option for you, number one. Number two, if you're breastfeeding still, when you're breastfeeding, that's uh, God's way of making sure you don't have one baby on top of the other. Mm. And one of the things that goes down is libido with breastfeeding. Sometimes, not always. And then number three, some women just have a drop in libido after pregnancy. Uh, dramatic. Again, it's God's way of making sure we don't have babies on top of each other so we can have time to, to take care of these kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, having having said that, you know, the, the thing that you want to deal with that you can deal with that's influencing everything is that progesterone. You want to get rid of that. So I agree with that. I agree with Josh. Uh, other voice messages? Hey, Mommy. This is James. Uh, about two weeks ago, I ate a stripper's ass a little bit. And now I have pain in my upper right abdomen, and my pee is dark, even though I'm drinking a lot of water. Do I have hepatitis? I'm 27 and otherwise totally healthy. Just wondering what I should do. Uh, Thanks. Love you. Very interesting. Ate Mm. a 
strippers' ass. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's really funny. Uh, well, oral fecal contamination is a main uh, means by which people get infectious diseases uh, across the world. Usually, it's through feces contaminating well water. Well water. But and you have, you must have dealt with that. In, yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Did you see a lot of the you know worms and yeah. diarrheas and all kinds of stuff? For sure, I I got some myself. What'd you get? Uh, I had uh, just bad diarrhea for weeks and throwing up and like it, it was bad. I had to go to the hospital. Yeah, but then the native the neighbor lady. She came over with like something from the from Senegal and he says, gargle with this, spit it out. It was the most bitter thing I've ever tasted. Like the next day it was gone. Like Weird. So like Western medicine didn't even touch it. Wow. I gargled a little shot of this shit and it was like that also changed my like perspective on things. Like, yeah. Holy shit! Like, wonder what that was. Yeah, it was so bitter though. It was disgusting. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, so did any worms or anything too? Which is another thing you can get in these regions. I mean, I'm sure I've had <laughs> worms of one type. Yeah, or another. yeah, yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah, they're very common. Way more common than people understand. So hepatitis. Hepatitis, yes, you can get dark urine, uh, and yes, you can get red upper quadrant pain, but usually with the dark urine, you get jaundice, though, of course, you can miss the jaundice if you're the one trying to detect it. No one else is seeing it. Um, but hepatitis, you're sick. You have Particularly hepatitis A, which is what you get by doing this behavior. Uh, and you'd be fever and sick. You'd be really sick. Now, that could come in a minute. That could be maybe coming. Uh, it'd be interesting to get a follow-up from you to know if that did happen. Yeah. But I, I, I think you, I, why are you calling this show? Why aren't you calling a doctor? Go yeah, get maybe. You could check down. Dark yeah. urine is never good. And I worry about kidney function with that. It may have nothing right. to do with your uh, your behavior there with the stripper. Hmm? And avoid licking buttholes of strippers. Of strangers. In general, general. Oh, in yeah. general, that's yeah. a great, a yeah, great, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Don't 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 uh, don't uh, stigmatize Limited, strippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just You're strangers so in right. general. I'm sorry, strippers. William, what's going on? Hey, Hitler. Hey, man. Uh, uh, I'm a 24 year old alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got 69 days clean. Congratulations. Uh, I'm freshly pissed on and beat. Thank you. And I'm in a recovery home and cool. working on issues with uh, alcoholism and okay. childhood trauma, okay. as well as other recent traumas. Uh, I'm struggling with opening up to my girlfriend and being honest with her and others. Mm. Um, I find myself compulsively lying a lot to sure. really everybody in my life. Yeah. Um, I, I love her and I want to salvage that relationship as well as the other relationships in my life. Okay. Uh, how, how I've long? tried 12 Benadryl, but do you have any other advice? How long have you been with her? Uh, a little over a year and a half. Okay. Uh, and what led to you wanting to get sober? Um, I've been trying to get sober for a couple years now. Uh, in January, I went about six months without drinking, and I relapsed pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And that's what inspired me to get into a recovery home. Okay. You going to meetings? Uh, yeah, we have daily meetings here, uh, sometimes twice a week. Are you going? Are you going and to? I'm trying to go to AA meetings as well. Okay, ninety meetings in ninety days. Uh, we had a thirty day restriction here that I just got off of. Okay, um, and I'm in a, kind of a small town, so it's hard to make meetings because you got to travel at least forty five minutes to make them. You want to make one every day. Zoom is available around the clock, right? Mm. Yeah, uh, which I just got my phone back, so I'm going to cool. be using that as well. Well done. Uh, and then you get a sponsor and the sponsor will start kicking your ass a little bit on the line. He'll start checking you every time you do this and start challenging you, start change, slowly getting you to change your behavior. What kind of stuff you've been lying about? Um, really kind of small stuff. Um, I had, uh, I had the inclination to go and relapse a few days ago and Mm. some, one of the people here actually caught me Mm. and, um, I told my girlfriend that I was on the phone with my mom and dad, and in reality, I was being talked out of going and relapsing. Okay. And I just felt a lot of shame and felt the need to lie. Right. Okay. So is is your lying mostly to maintain the using and hide the using? 
Um, it was when I was using. Now it seems to make myself seem like in a better light or not disappoint others. Yeah. Okay. Well, I part of being able to stay sober is living a certain kind of life, right? You've got to be a certain kind of person. You've got to lead a certain kind of life. And that includes something called rigorous honesty. If you start bullshitting, you'll start bullshitting yourself. And you'll start coming up with good reasons mm -hmm. and convincing yourself there's plenty of reasons to use or somebody's full of shit, you're entitled, whatever. You're thinking, because a, a big part of addiction is fucked up thinking, right? Called stinking yeah. thinking. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that thinking gets influenced by your lying. And so to straighten that out, you got to get you got to get straight with yourself and everybody else and just be constantly rigorously confronting reality on reality's terms. That doesn't mean you have to lay everything out for everybody all the time. It means you have to do your be committed, you may not do it perfectly, but be committed to starting to live a certain kind of life. And you've been living a different kind of life for a long time. And so it's going to take a bit to kind of get used to this. And ultimately, it becomes not only a habit, it becomes self-fulfilling because you start getting rewards from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you got to do some awesome. meetings. You, you, need, you, need, you need that sponsor. You need the community and the sponsor. You, you need to find a group of guys somehow. I, I'm sorry you're in a small town, but you need a group of guys that you can trust, that you can, that you can download on on a regular basis. All your guilt and shame and... And whatever bullshit is on your mind, you need to be able to take it to, uh, for sure, a sponsor. But I kind of get the feeling you need a little little community of, or, or men. Would that help be helpful to you? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, of recovering men that that have also were bullshitters, you know, and and know what that is, and don't blame you for it. They just because you're it's your disease, man. You got you got an illness. It's like uh, it, it's hard. Yeah, it's not easy. It makes you it make it makes you see distort things. It makes you lie. I, I always tell everyone, William, that you know I, I have peers that get all upset when their patients lie to them, uh, you know, about using or whatever. And I go, look, you, look, if my patients didn't lie to me, their their diagnosis would be in question. Hmm. I wouldn't. I would wonder, do they have addiction or not? If they they yeah. weren't lying. And my job, yeah, and my job, because because you lose track of the truth. My job, you should see what heroin addicts do, man. They really lose track of the truth. My job is to to intuit what's really going on in your heart and 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 bring it out into the open and uh that's a certain skill set and that's what these guys would do for you if you had guys that been where you've been if you can find that group you know what i'm saying yeah sound like you're, sound like, hey, listen don't don't beat yourself up it's a hard illness i'm glad you want to get sober congratulations on being in a safe environment the 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 goal is to surrender you're still fighting a little bit surrender okay Yeah, you hear me? Yeah, I, I really appreciate it. You, yeah. you, you know what I mean, right? By surrender to the process here, just give. Yeah, you're, you're you're still your brain has a disorder, and you're relying on that brain to make all the decisions. Mm. It doesn't make sense. You can't you can't do that. It won't. It's one day you will, but not right now. Right now, it'll make you lie and do all kinds of bullshit. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, man. and that, that's uh that's definitely where I'm at right now. Yeah, surrender, surrender, surrender. Now, one other thing. You said you wanted the, you to salvage this girlfriend relationship. She must go to Al-Anon because you're going to be growing a lot. And if she doesn't grow also, she's going to hold you back and you will relapse. So she must go to Al-Anon. I understand. Okay? I understand. All right. All right, buddy. Good luck. Thank you so much, Drew. All right, you she got it. It's on me and me. Yeah, man. That's another reference to your mom's house stuff. It's a greeting. It's a greeting. It's like we have we have like thirty different alohas yeah, here. Yeah, I have, hear that. Everybody we, has something different to say. Although I, mean. I didn't, we did not hear "You Bet I'll Be Coming Up in May" today. We did not hear that. Uh, which, God, I that I, I used that on Susan the other day for something I really wanted to do, and uh, it worked perfectly. It's it's if you use these alohas right, they are um, quite impactful, quite impactful. Uh, I think that's about it. Is there anything else you guys want to deliver to me before I wrap this up? I think that's all I got for you. Got it all. Well, well done. Yeah. We ran the cycle here. 
Thank you, Boot Boys. Thank you, Josh. A pleasure yeah, to meet you. you. Congratulations you, on all your it. success. Thank you. Uh, it's very cool, and uh, enjoy the stand-up tonight. You here for a couple of days, or yeah, five shows here. Oh my sure. goodness, yeah. that's a, that's a lot. Yeah, man. Does, does the does the movement affect your ability to to do all that kind of stuff? Do I have that kind of I stamina mean, for it? I've been doing two hundred shows a year. Oh my for, <laughs> for twenty years. The answer so. is no, it doesn't. It does not bother <laughs> Get you. Get out of my way. Here yeah. I come. Yeah. All right, my friend. Where where else do you want people to go? Uh, just joshblue.com for my tour schedule, and then. Uh, Josh Blue Comedy on all social media. And will they find the uh, the uh, specials? Oh, uh, specials on Amazon Prime. Prime, fantastic. Yeah. All right, awesome. thank all right, you. Everybody. Thanks, Josh. We'll see you all next time. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Doctor Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the DrDrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.